So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within, and I hope you're having an amazing day. Thank you so much for listening. And today we are jumping into a really interesting subject, um, which is uh, what happens when you know you're a Christian, you grew up in the church, and you were taught not to have sex before marriage. But one thing leads to another. Maybe you're you know 15 years old listening to this, you know, and you just found yourself in a situation. Uh, maybe you're 25 years old and you couldn't, you know, you did all the right stuff, but nothing was happening. You figured, I'm not going to wait any longer. Maybe you're 40, um, 45. Doesn't doesn't really matter. Uh, I have people, all different ages, stages of life, come to me and say, "Okay, I I just totally messed up. Now what?" I wanted to comment on this, um, especially to the guys who are single and and you. You haven't maybe maybe you're single. You haven't even like been in a relationship, or you're single. You haven't had sex, or maybe you're single and you did have sex in a previous relationship, and you don't want to do that in the future. Um, I wanted to speak specifically to guys who are not married yet, and say that I personally witnessed three different friends, all at the age of 25, specifically the age of 25, after being virgins for their whole life at 25, decide. Screw it, it's not worth it. Um, and they just, you know, whether it's uh, with their girlfriend in a relationship or one night stands or whatever, they just decided, I can't wait any longer. I don't know. Well, uh, well, I can just speak candidly because they're they're my friends and they're people I've actually had conversations with. None of them are grateful for their decision. Um, in fact, they all came to me at different times. It was very interesting. It was a, a span of maybe six or eight months where I had three different close friends all come to me with the same situation. And that was really, really interesting. And they were all remorseful and really deeply regretted it. And so if you haven't had sex yet, I hope that um, at least gives you some perspective on what it often is like on the other end. The brain sometimes can trick us, right? And it, it seems so enticing, but the aftermath can be messy and complicated. Um, and for those of you who maybe, unfortunately, you've had an experience like that yourself, you probably are nodding your head a little bit saying, yep, I, I know that feeling. I remember what it was like to be there. This episode was actually inspired by somebody in, our, um, in one of our programs who really cares deeply about his family and he still lives with them. He's gone to college. He's since um, returned home. He's living with the family again. He's the oldest of his siblings. And so he's trying to, you know, find his place in the family again, in the home, uh, trying to build a connection and be a safe place. And he's grown tons in his own um, spiritual health and, and his sexual health. And he's understanding himself better and getting free of porn and you know, just wants to be there for, for his brothers, like a good big brother would. And anyway, um, in, in the different kinds of conversations and, and things that have taken place, he, um, he actually had a, a situation where one of his siblings had come up to him and had said, you know, we've, 
my girlfriend and I messed up and I don't know what to do and all that kind of stuff. And um, we, we had a really interesting conversation about it. And it made me realize that actually, like, it's very clear. You don't have to know too much to know that, um, unfortunately, not everyone's able to uphold that standard of sex uh, until marriage. And so it's happening prematurely. And um, I know that a lot of Christians, they are remorseful after, you know, and they don't necessarily get advised on what to do then. All they're told is that they shouldn't have done it. And um, a lot of them are, you know, secretive about their mistake because they don't want to be ridiculed. They don't want to be shamed and they don't want to deal with maybe some of the spiritual even ramifications of, of coming out about it. So um, if you're in that position or you've been in, in that position before, I, I want to first of all just apologize that um, the church especially has done such a poor job of resourcing you and being a safe place that you could actually turn to in a time like that. I really hate that, you know, and um, I want that to change, but I'll be, I'll be honest, I still don't know exactly how because I think the church also has a responsibility to preach the standards of the Bible and that, that often in of itself can create some of the dissonance and that lack of safety. But I know the way it's done obviously is what creates a lot of the problems. Anyway, another story for another day. Um, but I just want to get really practical and try to be that voice. You know, if you have, um, if you have made this mistake, um, I want it to be a voice of safety, a voice of comfort, and hopefully uh, a guide to just help you along the way. The, the reason that the church has discouraged sex before marriage or, or, you know, outright spoken outrightly against it is because um, marriage is really the only place that an interaction like sex that is so intense and intimate can really take place in a stable manner. I realize that a majority of people in our society today would argue that and um, and are living lives contrary to that, fully aware, but I stand by that standard. Um, sex is for marriage, period. And, and I believe sex outside of marriage is a problem, period, to that as well. So I want to start there because I think, um, I, and I've heard some people respond to, you know, having sex uh, while dating and saying, oh my gosh, I have to marry this person now because like I'm, I'm tied to this individual. We've, we've gone all the way and that was only supposed to happen with your spouse. So you should make this person your spouse. And I wanted to start there. Um, because I'm, I'm sure some of you maybe have received that advice and that counsel. Maybe some of you uh, thought that yourselves. And I want to let you know, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> um, well, having sex outside of marriage is a mistake. Um, it is equally erroneous to jump into a lifelong covenant. Not just a commitment, not just a contract a lifelong covenant over one decision. If it was any other decision, um, like a mistake was made financially, um, a mistake was made, I don't know, in any other way, the, the conclusion would not, not be, let's make a lifelong covenant with each other to remedy the situation. That's kind of like, like having a fire that you're trying to put out and saying, let's throw gasoline on it. Marriage, marriage is meant to be made with the long term in mind. And when, when marriage is a reactionary solution 
it only creates more problems. Uh, you know, there's a reason shotgun weddings have a little bit of a connotation to them. And and it, it's, uh, again, I, I think when you have a kid, it's the same thing. Like, just because you're having a kid together, like, uh, hopefully that means that you want to make the your your covenant with them, you know, and your commitment with them. Hopefully it means you want to marry them. And if that's why you're getting married, that's great. But if you're just getting married because, well, we're having a kid now, so I guess we should do this thing. Um, I have to strongly caution against that because you are making a covenant with God and that needs to be taken really seriously. God is is not really into reactionary covenants if you study the Bible. Um, covenants are intentional. They are thought through. The, the, the long-term impact has always been not just considered but communicated and discussed. And, and I think that model for how God approaches covenants with Abraham, Moses, David, all of the, the kind of leading patriarchs in the Bible, that sort of approach needs to be modeled in how we approach our covenants. And there's really no, I don't know, there's no greater or no um, covenant that is more impactful in your life likely than a marriage. So it needs to be taken really seriously. And all to say is if you have had sex and you've messed up, marriage is not the solution. Um, don't start there. Number one. Um, I would urge you to follow the example of David, who in his heinous sin, you know, um, sleeping with another man's wife, having him killed to sort of cover up the mistake and the trail of sin that just followed. Um, it was like dominoes almost, if you kind of read the story thoroughly. David turned to God. Now, we don't know how quickly, but... Um, following his track record, it's probably pretty safe to say that the, the gap was not that large. David knew how to go to God and how to be sincere. I'll just speak to me. For, for me, I, I made mistakes sexually as well. I, I didn't have sex outside of marriage per se, but, but forms of it that weren't the actual thing. And I've talked about that before on the podcast. So I don't know how you categorize that. I think for me, it's a little bit different, but again, it's not to, not to cover up the blemish. It's, it was a mistake. And I remember that feeling afterwards of like, what have I done? Um, there was a part of it that was really amazing, exhilarating, pleasurable. And another part of it that's like, I have made a huge mistake and I feel terrible. And it's easy to go to God feeling terrible and kind of throwing the pity party and the woe is me and everything else. And I don't think that's useful. So as quickly as you can snap out of that thinking, and I would really encourage you to come before the Lord with an honest heart, like God, I made this mistake. I acknowledge my sin. Um, face it head on. Don't feel like you have to make some big elaborate pity party out of it. Uh, God's aware of the mistake. Um, he is not going into some sort of panic over your error. Um, sin has been atoned for. So it doesn't carry that, that sting in his heart. Um, but what, what he really wants when you go to God in these moments, and this is a great example of whether it's you've, you've had sex or you've watched porn or you made some other mistake, what he actually just wants is your honesty. And he just wants an invitation to be close. God does not force himself in, generally speaking. He, he's not going to force you um, to, to, to let him in and to let him speak in and, and, and everything else. 
um, what he's actually going to do is he's going to wait for permission. So give him that permission and, and now listen to me really carefully. We've talked about this before on the podcast. The only way that you can change a brain circuit or the only condition is when the circuit is active. Now, if, if we were in a completely different context and I asked you, how many of you would like to experience God's unconditional love? You'd all probably put your hands up. How many of you would like to just know in your heart of hearts that God loves you unconditionally, so much so that it, it dictates your decisions, your thoughts, the way you see yourself, the way you treat people? Like how many of you would love to just be radically impacted by God's unconditional love for you in that kind of way? You would all shoot your hands up into the air as quickly as you possibly could. Well, guess what? It is in these moments of, of error in these moments of mistake where we have the greatest opportunity to encounter God's love. And so if I could give you one piece of advice, even just above the other things I've mentioned, it would be simply this. Let God love you. Let him love you. And if you let God love you in these kinds of moments, it is going to work wonders for your spiritual health. It's going to help rewire your brain and it's going to allow you to actually gain some perspective on the situation because self-loathing, all it does is it reinforces the paradigms and the precepts and the perceptions that got you into that mistake in the first place. It doesn't make anything better. It, it, maybe, it maybe makes you feel a bit better like, oh, okay, like I, at least I beat myself up a little bit afterwards, you know, like that should balance things out. But it's, it's not actually going to bring any long-term kind of success um, or certainly affect any kind of long-term change. Let God love you. Best piece of advice I can give you. Secondly, you need to have a conversation with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Um, you need to tell them about how you felt afterwards, um, about some of the stuff that you're processing and working through. And you need to have a really honest conversation, uh, a DTR, as Danny Silk would call it, you need to define the relationship and really figure out where is this thing going. Now, I want to be really clear. That is not a one-off conversation. That is an ongoing discussion that you guys figure out in the days ahead. And if you don't have those conversations, then you can basically expect the sin to repeat itself. And at, which, at that point, you, you have not repented. Because re repenting is actually to change your ways, to change your thinking, how you see something. So if you're not willing to have the conversation, confront it, and evoke some change in how you guys interact, then you're not repenting. So the choice, the choice is yours, but I do need to make that part very, very clear. The goal of the conversation is clarity. It, it's not even to, to say, okay, we're never doing that again. That, that probably is a component of it, but that's not the goal. The goal is, is not to, to get married or, or, to, or to figure out like, okay, I guess we have to commit to each other and let's, let's kind of do this thing. It, it's not, you don't want to react. Re reactionary decision-making always leads to bigger errors. So what you want to do is have an honest conversation and get clarity on the intents and the desires of each other in the relationship. And once that is established, then you can start to outline some parameters for how you will continue to interact with each other. Now, if you choose to stay together and move forward, 
then my suggestion in this arena of kind of what it might look like for you guys to just interact and continue in your relationship is you need accountability. Do not kid yourself. Don't tell yourself, well, it's just a one-off. If it happens a couple more times, uh, then we'll, you know, maybe we'll do something more serious. No, no, no. You've, you've proven to yourself and to your significant other that on your own, you guys are not able to actually honor the decisions you want to make. You're not able to honor the boundaries you're setting. So if you're going to continue in the relationship and you want to do it right, get some accountability. And ideally, it is couples accountability. It's, it's a, a man and a woman who are able to kind of look after you guys individually in the sense that they can talk to you mano e mano, man to man or woman to woman. But then you can also come together as a couple and work through it together. That's sort of the ideal scenario. The last thing, the, the very last thing I will give as a piece of advice, if you're in this situation and you want to kind of make things right, I would encourage you to do some deep internal work and figure out what led you to that decision. And that, again, is an ongoing process. It's not going to be a one-off. Um, you might get some, some really stark revelation in, in different moments as you start to poke and prod with a professional or a pastor or even just on your own journaling, uh, maybe some introspective dialogue uh, or monologue rather within your mind. But um, it's an ongoing journey of figuring out what has led me to make these decisions I don't really want to make. It's the same questions that we're offering uh, with the porn conversation, right? Like, what what is it that actually led you to this place? How did this start? And what were the, the paradigms? What were the experiences uh, or the lack of experiences that have led to this place? And, and that is often going to give us some clues into the solution. Another way you could phrase it, I suppose, is what did it offer you? And what did it offer you over not having sex? That would be the question. What did having sex offer you that not having sex didn't? And if you can answer that question clearly, you're going to get some pretty good insights into what was driving that decision. So I, I think that would be an important thing to, to really think about. And it really, it should be where all this lands. I think it's easy to focus on the fact that you had an interaction with the other person. So we need to have some conversations, figure out our future together. We need to both repent, da, 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 da. But ultimately, you can't control the other person. The only person you can control is yourself. And we need that reminder day in, day out. You are the only person you are in control of. So it is your responsibility then to identify what led you to make that decision. You cannot blame, well, you know, she pressured me. She seduced me. Um, I was coerced into it. Um, yada, yada. I was under the influence. You know, there's all kinds of situations. Um, you know, she knew all the right things to say. Da, 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 da. It's so easy to go down that trail. All of those things are lies. Ultimately, you made a decision to engage. You need to figure out why you did it. So those are, those are sort of my tips, guys. And um, if you're listening to this and, and you're a pastoral leader, I would encourage you to bookmark this episode, star it, uh, maybe save the link for it. Because if you are in any kind of pastoral ministry role, I guarantee you it's only a matter of time before people come to you with this kind of a crisis on their hands, especially if you're a young adult pastor or a youth pastor. I mean, gosh, these, these things are happening weekly, um, even in the smaller ministries. So I would highly encourage you to keep this as a resource, uh, so long as you agree with it, of course. And, um, and just, again, it's, this is meant to really serve people. So, um, so if you're in this situation, I hope this is helpful. And I, I want you to know, uh, and this is actually what I, what I need to conclude with, it's just one act. I want you to remember that. It is just one act. And what matters way more than the fact that you 
did that act. What matters way more is how you respond to it. You can you could respond and say, well, you know, I'm damaged goods. I messed up. What's another time, uh, you know, doing this again or whatever. It's very easy to sort of logic your way into this process, you know, and um, and kind of logic your way into, you know, um, I'm a failure. I'm sinful. It's over for me. I'm damaged goods. And all those things are lies. They're completely untrue. This can be one mistake that you can recover from. And, and it could be the thing that propels you to live the life that you know God's called you to lead. It could be the thing that allows you to enter your marriage in a place of, of sexual health and integrity. The choice is actually yours. And my friends, um, I'm thinking, I'm just kind of recalling really quickly. Uh, of those three friends, two of them are happily married. Happily married. One of them has a couple kids. Um, the other one is uh, actually, uh, I believe he's, he's starting a family soon. And, and all is to say is, it, this thing can turn around very quickly. So, so I want to give you hope that it does not end here by any means. Your response matters. And that's what we kind of focused on in this episode, how you can respond in a really healthy way. But I just want to let you know, there, there is light at the end of this tunnel. It's just, it's just one decision. And you get a chance now to respond, to clean up your mess, and to change the trajectory and change your history moving forward into your married life, whether it's with this individual or with somebody else that God has for you. So there's hope. I'm cheering you on. I wouldn't make this episode if I didn't think you could make it through. And if I didn't think there's hope on the other side. And I, I just, I bless you. Uh, and I want to encourage you. Um, follow, if you follow what we've, what we've outlined here in the episode today, it's going to serve you. It's going to help you. And it will lead to better decisions down the road as well. Guys, thanks so much for listening. I hope you have an incredible day. I'll talk to you very, very soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Sophia again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a rating or review on your podcast platform. Now, I want to take this final moment to invite you to something that I'm really excited about, our deep clean VIP community. Here's the deal. We saw that in this space of manhood, sexuality, and faith, there are a lot of unasked questions. They range from relationships to sex to male anatomy, calling, career, and everything in between. We create a deep clean VIP for men like you who want regular coaching from me, VIP access to our podcast guests where you get to interact with some of the world's leading experts in men's health, a monthly seminar, and a community of men from around the world pursuing success in life and integrity in sexuality. Deep Clean VIP provides answers to your deepest questions, hope for a full recovery, and the necessary tools to make that full recovery a reality. If you're ready to take things to the next level, I want you to stop what you're doing right now and sign up for Deep Clean VIP at www.sathiasam.com slash deepcleanvip. The link is in the show notes, but let me give it one more time. That's www.sathiasam.com slash deepcleanvip. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.